what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson. I'm with the Jackson Group, a consulting and survey services firm located in North Carolina. And with me, as always, is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions, a firm working on uh, helping organizations manage their customer service experience and culture with a wide variety of clients. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Alan? Doing just fine, just fine. Glad to have you here again, as always. Uh, this is our show, Stepping Up Service, where we talk about the concepts and ideas behind uh, having a really strong customer service culture in your organization. It can be things where uh, how to better treat customers and how to care for them more directly, how to respond to their needs better. But it also can talk about even internally in an organization, working with your coworkers, uh, creating just that overall organization culture of service and how to, how to help improve that. Uh, just a couple of things before we get into today's topic, which Ed is going to be a, a, a neat one because we're going to talk really just about one word. Is that right? I mean, we're talking about one word and that word is rudeness. Rudeness. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to dig into what is rudeness. Why do, what do people mean when they say somebody was rude? And then more importantly, what can we do about that perception? And we've got some interesting thoughts to share on that in a moment. But before we do, just as a reminder, this podcast is a part of the mesh.tv network where you can go online to themesh.tv. You can see a whole wide variety of shows and uh, pull up and listen to any old episode of any of those shows as well. We really do encourage you, if you like this show or any of the other shows on the network, to please use the subscribe button, especially if you're using a software tool like iTunes. You can go in and subscribe to the show, and that way you ensure that every time we put out a new episode, it gets delivered right to your device of choice, ready for you to listen to on your next commute or as you're running or whatever it may be. So that's the mesh.tv. Check it out and uh, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So Ed, uh, what I want to do a little bit today is talk about this word rudeness. And, uh, you know, you, you, you shot me this idea mainly through your, your uh, website blog post where you have rudeness is an issue and yes. here's what's to do about it. And it got me thinking about this word rudeness. And I kind of have a little bit of a, a, a strange relationship with this word, Ed, personally, because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to me, rude is such a broad, vague term. Yes. You know, I can almost think of 12 different actions that would fall underneath the word rude when somebody says rude. So when I get feedback that somebody was rude, and I actually, I did kind of have to deal with a situation just in the last few weeks from a work standpoint where, I'm not going to go into too much details on it uh, for the people involved, but the word rude was used to describe somebody that an interaction was being held with. And it got me thinking about it. It's like, that is such a broad term that I don't really know where to go with that. Because I think everybody might have a little bit of a slight different definition of what they consider to be rude. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious. I read your blog post. I thought it was interesting uh, how important this, this, this conception of, of being rude and how much of an impact it has on service. Uh, tell us what, about this word. What, what, what is it about this word that's so important to customer service? Yeah, well, that's a really interesting question because uh, rudeness, to some extent, can be in the eye of the beholder. 
Yeah. Uh, if you think about millennials nowadays, if we want to stereotype a, a full group of uh, young people, sometimes uh, a lot of millennials can be perceived as rude because they're walking around with their eyes at their smartphone and they're they're on the elevator and they're not making eye contact and they're looking at their phone or they're talking to somebody. And, and to them, that might not be rude. That might be they're communicating with their friend. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, doing it in the presence of others. But to a lot of people who grew up with the eye contact, with the focus on the other individual with uh, giving uh, some space to the folks around you and and not bringing your personal conversations into their space, it can be perceived as rude. So rudeness can mean different things to different people. We actually have a company that we worked with years ago, uh, and they did a study on rudeness. Uh, And in doing this study, they identified a lot of different Uh, characteristics of engagement in business that people consider to be rude. And it wasn't just one behavior is considered rude by 99% of the people. Different people had different definitions for rude. And just to kind of give you a real quick example, there were uh, people who, when you were on the phone, if you left them a voicemail uh, and they didn't return it, they would perceive you, the person who did not return the call, as being rude. Wow. So non-responsiveness. You're on the phone, you're put on hold by an employee for a long period of time. Some people perceive you as being rude. Yeah. Um, You have to go through voicemail mazes. You can't directly get to somebody. So you're perceived as rude. So those are just three quick examples that relate to telephone rudeness, where when you're engaging a business, uh, certain things that might have a, a very logical reason why they're on hold or why the voicemail system exists. Uh, in the perception of the customer, the eyes of the customer, you can come off as being rude. Wow. So so the idea of non-responsiveness or maybe not responding in the manner in which the person was expecting. Yes. Is, is kind of a, I can, as I think about it, yes, I could see that being a, a wide number of cases where people would use the word rude for an encounter mm-hmm. that they had. Huh. Right. And uh, just to give you another example that ties into what you're saying uh, by not responding to that email or that voicemail, that doesn't mean you're not working on whatever that need mm-hmm. is or issue is. It doesn't mean that you don't care about that customer. But the fact that there wasn't a response, there wasn't a communication back, there wasn't a reciprocation can make somebody come off as rude. Yeah. Uh, one of the big drivers of the perception of rudeness in business is a perception of indifference mm-hmm. uh, or inattentiveness or a don't care attitude. Now, none of those things convey that the employee doesn't care, but if the employee with their body language, their tone of voice, how quickly they respond doesn't convey that they care, Mm -hmm. then that lack of caring by many people can be perceived as rudeness. So, Ed, you know, if we hear this word rude getting batted around a lot and we kind of maybe understand what are some of the key driving factors for somebody using that word – um, in the grand scheme of things with customer service and experience, interactions with customers or, or, or coworkers or anything else, I mean, how, how important is this concept of rudeness? I mean, where does, it, where does it rate? Where does it fall in the grand scheme of things as far as how people perceive the customer service they get from somebody? Yeah, that's a great question because the, the rudeness, whether it is the indifference that I'm talking about or the unreturned phone calls are the, most obvi- the more obvious rudeness. Like you take a negative tone, you have – rude language or interrupting people, regardless of how people are defining rude, the stereotypical or the more indifferent and non-responsive, studies have shown that if people feel like they've received rude behavior from a business, 
uh, anywhere from 55 to 60 percent of those folks will go out of their way to get the same product with a competitor. So you can drive away uh, 50 plus percent of your customers if they perceive you're being rude. So there is that financial piece. If you want to start by looking at it uh, from the company's perspective, rudeness can cost businesses money. Mm. Um, A second way to look at it uh, applies to the business and applies to the person, and that is time. Uh, If people truly feel like they're being treated rudely, they are going to reach out to that company. Uh, They might write a letter. They might send an email. They might document it. And now all of a sudden, the company's having to spend time on service recovery. They're having to spend time resolving the issue. The employee is brought into it, and they're having meetings and calls with the customer to address this particular issue. So the second way can really impact the business, but also impact the employee is time. You're wasting your own time because that interaction was perceived as being rude. Yeah. And, and the third and final mm-hmm. one, just to touch on briefly, is more specific to the individual employee. If the manager or the supervisor hears that you're being perceived as rude, then you're putting yourself at risk professionally. Sure. We don't want an employee that's wasting our time by having to feel complaints about them. We don't want uh, an employee that is costing us money financially as well. You know, Ed, is it, is it safe to say, and maybe I'm going out on a limb and here making kind of a wild, wild assumption, but is it safe for me to say that there's a really high likelihood or high chance that what people perceive as rude was in most, most cases not intended to be rude by the person that, that exhibited that behavior? Yes, especially in business. Okay. All right. So in other words, we're not saying that when somebody says that, that the experience they had, the person they encountered was rude, more likely than not in a business situation, the person that was delivering that had no intentions of trying to come across in any of the faintest way as being rude. It was all in a style or tone or action they took that was perceived by the person on the other end, not to their liking. Therefore, it was a rude experience. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's a great point because Rudeness, uh, especially in business, is not something that employees or businesses intend to do. Right. Because they they have this inherent understanding, if I'm rude to this individual, it's going to come back to bite me. They're going to call my supervisor. If we're rude to this customer, they're not going to come back. So very rarely in business to the employees, to the organizations intend to be rude. Mm -hmm. But if it is not something that is considered when you're training employees, when you're hiring employees, when you're designing your processes and systems – then you could actually build a perception of rudeness into how you're doing your day-to-day work Mm. and therefore get all the negative feedback and consequences from it. Wow. Okay. So if, if, if rudeness is something that's not intentional or at least the perception or typically, typically not something intentional, it is all based like you said early on, it's the eye of the beholder to some degree. It's what you perceive personally to be rude to you. Yes. And a lot of it has to do with, lack of, of follow-up, lack of communication, or feeling like it's too difficult to get the kind of response you're looking for. Yes. That's, that's a, a, a pretty typical rationale for why people would use the word rude. Exactly. So then it really just becomes a matter of taking a look at how we exhibit and, and display ourselves to make sure that we're countering that idea of rudeness with people. Exactly. So the typical person, the employee in business or the business themselves, if they truly do care about what they do, they truly do care about serving the customer, 
Uh, and they are just somebody who is not naturally effusive, not naturally very friendly, not naturally exceptionally helpful, not naturally very responsive, then they run the risk of being considered being perceived as being rude. So they have to be much more intentional about how do I interact with folks? How do I uh, communicate with them? How quickly do I communicate with them? How do I uh, end those conversations with those customers so when they walk away, they perceive I care, they perceive uh, I'm interested and engaged, they don't perceive that I'm rude. So I guess one challenge for companies hiring individuals, especially hiring individuals that are going to be playing key customer service roles with the organization, yes, is that you may have somebody that you're interviewing that has all the right proficient technical skills, and you may know is a very good person, good-hearted person, means well, but you have to pay attention to how that person is going to come across to people. Yes. And I would assume, I mean, that's a little bit of a touchy subject because you're talking about basically somebody's outward personality versus how they truly are inside. Yes. And, uh, but it is something we have to keep in mind is that rudeness is a big factor in why people choose or, or choose not to use uh, a company like our own. And yes. uh, we can't take too many chances with having employees that may be great employees, but if you're giving up the sense of being rude, even though they have no intentions of it, and it's a hard thing to fix, that, that becomes a real problem. Yes, and there's the overt examples that we mentioned earlier. It's the rough language, for example. But when you're in the interviewing, you're in the hiring process, things that you can look at for the perception of rudeness. Well, first of all, as an employee, as a hiring employee, you, you can tell if you feel like somebody's being uh, somebody's treating you rudely. Mm -hmm. But specific things to look for are prospective employees who are interrupting you, okay. prospective employees who are not being patient, prospective employees who are trying to get to their point, get to their question, uh, seek to be heard prior to seeking to understand, seeking to listen, uh, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. You're looking for employees who are not responsive to you uh, unless uh, they have a particular need. So you're looking for a lot of these symptoms of problems that could be perceived as rudeness in the eyes of the customer. Mm -hmm. Look for them. Look for the Look for patience in, instead of impatience. Look for people who are willing to listen instead of those that interrupt because they have the next word to say. Uh, look for those kind of characteristics in the folks that you're interviewing, you're hiring, uh, so that you don't have to work as hard in training them uh, on the type of uh, communication skills and attitudes that they need to make sure they don't come across as being rude. Okay. Yeah. Well, how about let's do this, Ed, if it's okay with you, if we take a quick little break. How about when we come back, maybe let's talk a little bit about some, some tactics or ideas of ways that people can help fight that rude perception, uh, especially if they feel like that they maybe are exhibiting some of the things or may have a tendency to exhibit things that people could be perceiving as rude. How do we keep that in check? How are some, some helpful tips to remember? Does that sound okay? Come back that and we'll do great. that. Good. Yes. So let's take a quick little break. We'll come back in a moment as we're talking about this concept of rudeness, uh, how you know we identified it, we understand kind of what the – perceptions behind it are and the importance to the customer service experience. Now we want to move in the next part of the show into some tactics to helping alleviate that perception of rudeness uh, for yourself or people in your organization. This is Stepping Up Service on the Mesh.tv and we'll be back in just a moment. 
Hi, Alan and Chris here with an exciting announcement about something coming to the Western North Carolina area later this year. It's the first ever Foot Candle Film Festival. That's right, an honest-to-goodness film festival that's happening September 25th through the 27th at the Salt Block in Pickering, North Carolina. Films are being submitted from all over the world to be considered. Do you or someone you know have a film that you'd like to submit? Visit footcandle.org and follow the link to the festival for instructions. Stay tuned later in the year as we announce our choices and start selling tickets. Visit footcandle.org for more information. We'll see you in September. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on the Mesh.TV. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. With me is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Uh, before we go on, just as a reminder, Customer Service Solutions, I'm a big fan of Ed's company. Uh, I think you guys all know that from listening to the show. And we've had a pleasure of working with him on many occasions. And uh, they do a great job of working with organizations and really going in and finding out how to help elevate and, and enhance or, or even just create a structure that's designed for good customer service. And uh, working with the culture of the organization, working with processes, a lot of great work that being done by Customer Service Solutions. You can learn more about them at cssamerica.com. That's the website, cssamerica, all one word, .com. And uh, sign up for the free uh, newsletters that come out in the blog post that, that come out from the website. It's some really good information. And a lot of those blog posts are kind of the, the, uh, the, the starting point for some of our podcast discussions we've had in recent months. So definitely encourage you to do, to do that. Ed, we're jumping back into this concept of rudeness. And we talked about in the first half of the show kind of what, what is meant when people use the word rude, saying, well, that person was really rude to me when I interacted with them. What does that mean? What are some of the driving factors behind it? And, of course, the importance of it is so critically important to retaining customers or attracting new ones. It just doesn't work if they feel like the word rudeness is somewhere in their description of your organization. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, all right, let's say you've got yourself or you've got a coworker and, you know, maybe they've been called rude before and then they have still not quite sure why, you know, it's one of those things they are nice people. (laughs) They mean well. They really want to try to help the customer, but they're just being told they were rude. So can you share with me some tactics or things that maybe we can all be remembering to constantly be fighting against anybody having that perception of us? Sure. Uh, why don't we go through about a half a dozen quick tips uh, really okay. to get at this uh, perception of rudeness and how do we overcome being perceived that way. The first is watch your subtle tone issues. So this okay. is about tone. All right. So, uh, you know, avoid the huffs and the sighs and it's uh, you know, oh, it's Alan again. Great. Another, you know. oh, wait a minute. People do that every single time I talk to them. So what is that saying? about? They're, they're, they're being rude. They're being uh, rude. You don't take it personally. Some customers might. Yeah. Um, but those types yeah. of things, the subtle tone issues, maybe you have a booming voice and it's mm. uh, Alan, come on. What, what exactly are you looking for here? I mean, you could say, Alan, uh, help me understand what you're looking for here. But that booming voice seems very aggressive, uh, seems rude and pushy and that sort of thing. So the first thing you want to do is just think about the tone, the huffs, the sighs, the long delays, um, the ums when you're trying to explain something that convey that you're distracted, the booming voice. Just watch some of those subtle and maybe sometimes not so subtle tone issues. So maybe it's a situation where if if somebody – it's sometimes hard to self-diagnose yourself and say Mm -hmm. whether or not I have a loud, booming voice or whether or not I use ums a lot. Would it be possible to try to – you know, you you got a spouse, you got a best friend, you got somebody that maybe you can kind of get some feedback from and say, hey, I'm trying to work on these tones. Can you give me some feedback on how this is sounding? 
or maybe try to practice a little bit on it. I mean, it sounds a little elementary, but I think that's the kind of things you got to do if you're not able to really always listen to yourself very carefully. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. If you can find some folks that you can do a little role play with, just ask for feedback from, do some practice with, you know, one other thing you can do is when you're talking to somebody on the phone, if you have a recorder on your smartphone or elsewhere, just record yourself. You wouldn't be recording the person you're talking with. Mm -hmm. I mean, in some states you can't do that. Um, but you can always just record yourself and because what you're trying to do is gauge your own tone of voice Mm -hmm. and how you're coming across and are you coming across flat? Like you don't care. Are you constantly huffing and sighing and puffing? Do you sound like you have that domineering voice? Do you perceive that you're interrupting the other person? So you, you can literally just record your half of the conversation and see how your voice might come across. No, that's great. Cause I, yeah. again, we, we've lived with our voice our whole life and yes. it's really hard to step away sometimes and say, you know, I do think I have a loud booming voice or yes, yes. I do think I, I, t- I sound more forceful when I talk. So you really need that perception of others. And unfortunately, I'm sure that's a tough thing to, to fix or to break the habit of yes. your speech patterns. But we are just trying to help everybody understand that, you know, if you're in a job where you have to depend on customers and, and business success and all that, these are things that do have a, have a role in it. Yes. And awareness is the first step to making any kind of improvement. Sure. Uh, and if you can do some of these role plays, do some of this recording to get some of that awareness, then that, that's the first step. Okay. All right. Um, the, the second tip is avoid using the word you if discussing blame. I mean, there, there could be an issue and I could say, uh, well, sir, what, what we need to do here is address A, B, and C because when uh, this particular third step goes before the second step, you know, that that could cause a particular problem. That, that might not be perceived as rude. You're educating, you're explaining why. But if you say, oh, you know why you're in this fix? It's because you did step three before <laughs> you did step two. Right. If you wouldn't have done step three first, you wouldn't be dealing with this. Now, again, you're explaining the same thing, but which of those two examples comes off more rudely? Oh, absolutely. The second one. I mean, uh, just, uh, the first one may it sound, may it sound like that. This might be a common problem that typically people may face, and it's okay because I'm here to tell you how to make sure it doesn't happen again. The second one sounded like I'm a boneheaded guy who just made some dumb mistakes, and this guy's letting me know about it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they feel bad about themselves. They get emotional. They get upset, and they're projecting that on you uh, at that point. And now you find yourself dealing with the irate, the upset customer Mm -hmm. who thinks you're rude on top of the issue that they have in the first place. So avoid the using the word you if discussing blame. Uh, That's great. That's a, it's a simple thing to remember, but it it, it does take some practice. I'm sure again, that self listening on some situations probably be very helpful. Sure. The third tip we talked a little bit about at the last podcast, we talked about periodically because it's such an important characteristic of, somebody's great customer service, but convey some empathy. Uh, I mean, yes. oftentimes when you're in the customer service role, you're having to deliver information people don't want to hear. And you can say something like, that's against policy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that might be true, but is that really helpful? And it almost sounds rude. What you, know, yeah. what you want is against policy, that's against policy. You can say, you know, fortunately we're not able to do that for this particular reason, but what, what can we do for you? Sure. So it, you're being understanding, you have the unfortunately in there, you know, I know this might be frustrating, I'm sorry we can't do it for this reason, but let's see what we can 
do for you. In the second case, it was much more positive and pathetic and forward-looking. In the first case, where you just say that's against policy, Mm -hmm. they could think, this person isn't helpful. They're just shutting the door on me. They're being rude, uh, maybe being argumentative, maybe uh, not being the least bit flexible, and they could perceive you as being rude. And Ed, I think it's a really important point. You you mentioned this earlier in in that last discussion there. You know, to kind of restress again for people, because I hear this a lot, even the example you gave of that's against policy. You know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of organizations where people are in positions where they have to enforce rules. They have to enforce yes. structure. They have to tell you whether something is within a certain code or not a code. And, you know, a lot of responses I get from people when I talk to them about this idea of empathy or showing more customer service uh, nature towards people, it's like, well, but, but it's the facts. I mean, what they're trying to do is not allowed. What they're trying to do does not go, is not within the policy. So I'm not telling them anything that's false. I'm not lying to them. I'm not making something worse than it is. I'm telling them the truth. But I think what you said is just so important. I mean, we can say the exact same message in a completely different structured way still be exactly doing our job and specifying the rules and not letting people get past the rules, but couching it in a way that shows that we, we understand and we're going to try to work and help them to get down a different path. Yes, because it's true, but is it helpful? Yeah. Uh, it might be true, but are you saying it in such a way that you're engendering negative feelings? Or are you saying it in such a way that you're trying to form a partnership uh, on moving toward a potential solution? That's, I love that phrase, building yeah. a partnership toward another solution as opposed yes. to just being the roadblock. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I think that's great. And you're right. That is, I, I can definitely see people saying that person was rude. Because of the way yes. they, were, they, they told me that message. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the fourth point, very, very tactical, but it's effectively move the customer to the hold or the transfer. So this is really, really tactical. But think about when you've ever called an organization uh, and either because they have somebody else on the line or they have to research something for you, they put you on hold. Or maybe, maybe they're not the right person to answer your question, so they have to transfer you. We have done literally thousands of and thousands of mystery shops over the years. And with some of the telephone mystery shops that we've done, you'll have people who will, uh, when they have to put somebody on hold or transfer them, they will very appropriately say, you know, Mr. Smith, I'm not the best person to answer this question for you, but I know who is. Is it okay if I connect you with Miss Jones? This is her number. She's definitely somebody who can uh, help you the best with this. That's professional. Yes. What we get oftentimes is, uh, hello, can I talk to Mr. Smith I, or uh, can I talk uh, to somebody about uh, this issue I'm having with my product? All of a sudden, the customer hears click, ring, 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 and then the call is going. Yeah. And then it shows up at the other person and they end up answering the phone and you have to tell your whole story again. <laughs> and that can be perceived as rude. You didn't tell me what you were doing. You didn't tell me why you were doing it. You didn't tell me to whom you're doing it. And now I'm having to repeat my story over again. So it's something as simple as that, how the hold, how the transfer is done can create a perception of rudeness. Well, and just to, 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 to expand on that, you know, absolutely. Like you said, transferring somebody just automatically without saying a word, that's, that's the worst. The second worst is, just saying the words "hold, please," and immediately putting me on hold. So, in other words, yes. you're not really, you're not really telling me what's going to happen or asking my permission. It's just kind of a that's your little that's your phrase to make it sound more warm and inviting to say "hold, please." 
Yes. But normally it's said so quickly and so abruptly right before I go to hold, I don't really have a chance to respond anyway. So, right. uh, yeah, it's definitely, I, I, I can think of the companies already in my head, even from the last few weeks that I've called and you can tell a difference right away the minute they say, I'd like to put you on hold if that's okay with you and transfer you to someone who can help you better. Is that okay to put you on hold for a few minutes? I mean, I love that because yes. you're walking me through exactly what you're going to do. I had an opportunity to say no, if I didn't want you to do that. And uh, that, that's, that's really great. Yeah. And, and that way, it does give that opportunity for a little bit more dialogue. It does give the customer the opportunity to say, you know, unfortunately, I can't. or I've already talked to this person or whatever the case might be. It can save the customer some headaches. Uh, and the more headaches we save the customer, the more headaches we're saving the company down the road as yeah. well. All right. Good. That's, that's really important. You're right. It's a very tactical one. It's, very, it's something that can be scripted. It's something that can be easily trained. It's just, I agree, it does make a big, big difference, So Very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we started with tone of voice. Our mm-hmm. fifth one is body language. Tone of voice and body language seem to always touch on those sure. together. So uh, what we're going to do here, Alan, is I'm going to give you some examples of body language or expressions. And I know this is radio. This is podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Not exactly the best format for demonstrating body language, but we're going to yeah. do our best to do it over the uh, airways here. So Yeah, <laughs> so I'll do it, and you just describe what I'm doing, okay. uh, maybe how it makes you feel, that kind of thing. You ready? Right. I'm going to be doing a play-by-play of Mr. Ed Gagnon's exactly. body language at this moment. Okay, please, please proceed. All right. Ed is basically, he is kind of rolling his eyes back in the back of his head. He just kind of stroked his chin, kind of out of a little bit of a desperation move. Now he's slightly shrugging the shoulders and folding them while he's looking away like he just doesn't have a care in the world. And now he's pointing at me. So pointing at me, not at him, pointing at me. Okay, good. I think I got, I think I got a gist of what we're doing here oh. with the body language. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Um, so how did you feel about it? I didn't feel very good at all. Actually, I felt, uh, even though I know this is a role-playing thing and you're just pretending, I actually felt a little upset there for a moment. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is he rolling his eyes? Why is he shaking his head? They were also subtle, though. That's the thing. It's, I know I was looking for them there, but I could actually see those little, some of those individual little subtle movements very easily creeping into people's body language without them even knowing it. Yes. You know? And j- just imagine this one that I'll give you, Alan. Okay. <laughs> yeah i see you're looking at the cell phone and you're not looking at me and uh you're just kind of enjoying the phone and yeah and it's only a flip phone it's not even a good smartphone I, that i'm looking at and i was actually going to say something about that so is that your phone really uh unfortunately yes it is really yes, i'm actually my kinda, daughter just mm-hmm. just can't believe i still have a flip phone i'm actually kind of proud of you for that so that's actually you know <laughs> It's kind of in a hip retro retro thing there, so yes. flip phone, uh, not not bad. But yeah, you were sitting there looking at the phone instead of looking at me, and of course we're having yes. a dialogue, a conversation. Unfortunately, Ed, I got to tell you, I mean, this is something I think is is only going to get worse before it gets better. Um, you know, I think even outside of a professional work environment, I mean, out with families, out with friends, I mean, this just happens. And uh, you know, I actually have seen some people, and when they make a pact. That when they go out to dinner as a as a as a family or as a group of friends, they all have to put their cell phones in the middle of the table, like in a bowl or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And they're not allowed to touch it unless there's an absolute emergency, like ringing on it. Otherwise, uh-huh. it stays in that bowl. And I, it's tough, but I do think that's that's good to see people doing that. But yeah, um, I I, I t- totally agree. And just to get focused on the person you're physically with, as opposed to get focused on this thing in the hand, it's amazing how much. 
that can uh, help you to overcome any kind of perception of rudeness. And, you know, the thing is, and I, I see this a lot even with my, my children. You know, I've got a 13-year-old at home, and he is absolutely convinced that he can multitask extremely well. And one of the ways he, tell, he tries to prove that he can multitask is he will have his little iPad, and he will be fishing around on it while I'm talking, and I realize he's watching something else, and I immediately have to stop him and say, Alex, I'm talking to you right now. He's like, well, Dad, I hear every word you're saying. I'm like, okay, I know that maybe you do. Maybe you do have the brain capacity where you can process two streams of information at the same time. It's like, but I don't feel like that's the case, and I feel like you're not listening to me. So, again, yes. it's that perception. Whether or not he's hearing what yes. I say – the perception is that he's not. So yeah. yes, yeah, that's a great example, and it's one of those things where maybe he's hearing, or or maybe that employee is hearing, but are they truly listening, or, and are they conveying yeah. that they're listening? Yeah. Uh, that that's so much uh, of what customer service is all about. It's not just I care or I communicate, uh, but it's am I intentionally trying to convey that I care? Am I intentionally yeah. trying to convey that I'm connecting with you, wanting to communicate with you? It's that intentional to convey that to the customer. You know, I, on a little bit of a side-related topic with that, I am actually amazed. Both of my boys, um, they have a video game system at the house that we they have time to play every once in a while. And uh, they also have their little thing that they can watch videos on when they go travel or anything. My boys have actually gotten to the point where they're sitting there with the little uh, videos, watching videos on headphones in their lap while they're playing a video game on the TV set. And it's happening at the same time. And I honestly don't understand how that's happening. Uh, So maybe they have trained themselves to follow these multiple streams at one time. But again, it's all about how the other person's perceiving it. And that's what I've been trying to teach them all along with that. So Right. And there's a difference between having two streams Mm -hmm. that uh, you're interacting with and having one of those streams be a person. Yes. Good point. Very good. (laughs) Yes. So maybe from their perspective, they can interact with two devices and the device doesn't care if they're paying attention to them. <laughs> right, yes. But when one of those, quote, devices is a person, that person does care. Yes. And they, not not necessarily your children, but just people in general need to realize people want to be a priority over technology when Absolutely. they're interacting with each other. No, you're so right on that. So right. Yeah. yeah. The last mm-hmm. uh, area where you can really do something personally to try to co- overcome any perception of rudeness uh, is these four key ideas, and, and I'll just say them over and over again in business, but don't rush the customer. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is by far the most frequent cause of perceived rudeness. Even when customers are dealing with a kind customer service representative, if they perceive that that uh, employee is trying to rush them through the conversation or if that employee is talking too quickly or that employee is just giving one-word answers to try to reduce their handle time on the call in the call center or that employee is interrupting the person or that employee is saying thank you, goodbye without confirming that the customer got their needs met. All those are drivers of a perception of a rude employee. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely see that. And actually, that's going to tie into my uh, story here in a moment, my story oh, of the month okay. to share. Because you're right. I think when we feel rushed, when we feel like we're being quickened or uh, kind of moved along faster pace than we really want to, that's, I mean, that's a huge source of rudeness. I, that's when I actually use the word probably more than anything else. It's not yes. always the body language for me as much as it is the, did they really just kind of push me along and not really take the time 
to trying to understand what I'm needing or trying to figure out my, my needs. So Exactly. That's where you go from what you should feel, which is that you're important to the company, to what you do feel, which is like you're a cog on the assembly line. Yes. They're just trying to move you through the assembly line. You just happen to be a person instead of a widget. And, and when you have that feeling you're just a widget to them, you don't matter to them, uh, then you can be perceived as being rude. You know, Ed, that is actually one of the main reasons why I do not like going to like JNS cafeteria or some of these other cafeteria food places mm-hmm. because you get in that line and you feel like you're moving down the assembly line and I've got to make quick decisions on what food do I want. I've got to point to it and I got to tell them right there. And if I've moved past it, I can't go back to it. And it's nothing against the people there. It's just that, that yeah. format is just, is, is meant for you have to keep moving along. You can't stay yes. here for two minutes, staring at the food, deciding what you want to eat. You got to right. point and tell us what you want right now. And every time I come away from there, it doesn't matter how nice the people behind the counter are. I feel, I just, I don't feel very happy. <laughs> so Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so much of return business, so much perception is how you end up feeling at the end of that inter- interaction, the end of that transaction. Uh, and if you're dealing with somebody you perceive as rude for a lot of these different reasons, then you're going to come away feeling negatively. And that's where the company loses the money. They they have to spend excessive time like the, the employee does, and the employee could put themselves at risk professionally. So there's just way too many dangers in letting this perception of rudeness continue. And exactly. although some people are resistant to feeling like they shouldn't have to change their body language or shouldn't have to mind their tone of voice or, or any of that, the fact of the matter is the dangers that could come about by not monitoring this are so great that we really need to make sure we're focused on it. Yeah. So yeah. All, all the steps you mentioned, you know, we're talking about some tone of voice and the t- style of language you use. I love the one about not using the word you when talking about blame on, on a situation, talking about empathy. We're talking about even a tactical thing of making sure that we don't just push people into a hold or transfer a position on the telephone, the body language, how we look. And again, that's another one where uh, it may be a little more awkward to get a videotape of yourself interacting with somebody. But if there's some way to get some feedback from somebody else on the body language you're giving, it's sometimes hard for us to see it in ourselves. And then, yes, this last one, which will lead right into my story in a moment about rushing the customer and making the customer feel like they're kind of being pushed through a process instead of really being cared for as an individual. So yes, good. A lot of good tactics. These are all things we can all do. Even if we're not being perceived as rude, these are still things we need to keep check on and improving and doing to make sure we never run that risk of somebody feeling that way about us. So yeah, great summary. Yeah. Yeah. Ed, that, that's some great tips and really good actionable tips too. I think that people can use. So, uh, I think, uh, I think we have tackled the topic of rudeness. I think we understand it. We have a little more sense of it. And we have a little more sense of what to do to help fix it, uh, that perception going forward. Now, Ed, we always wrap up our show with kind of a, a story of the month, a customer service story of the month, one each for you and I that we have encountered over the last 30 days since we were last together. Something we want to share with the audience that you know, it could be a good story to use as a model, could be one that didn't go so well that we want to use as a word of warning. Um, mine is negative. So uh, is yours positive by, by chance? I wish it was. Usually I do have positive ones. Yeah. This one's negative as well this week. Uh, so, Well, let me hit mine first just because it ties right in with that last tactic measure that we just talked about. It's okay, actually kind good. of perfect how, how, it, how it blends into that. Um, so uh, my studio recorder engineer today, Chris, and I, uh, we have a film society. We've talked about it on the show before that we hold in our area. And we have a film festival coming up in two weeks um, that we're really excited about. It's going to be a weekend-long film festival. So we've been spending our free time working on that the last few nights. 
And uh, I had to go get something done or made for the festival coming up at a local shop. And I'm being very generic here because we are in a relatively small town. I don't want to get too specific with it. But, um, you know, a lot of people, when they're hearing about this film festival, are getting pretty excited about the idea. They, they really think this is a cool thing for this area. It's the first one that's ever happened in this area, this county. And so I was ex- describing the festival to this person behind a counter and explaining what I needed to help us do this festival. And this person, she was one of the nicest people behind the counter. So pleasant and so just just energetic. Oh, good. However. Oh, bad. (laughs) (laughs) When you get to be so energetic and you're liking what the customer's telling you, you're excited, you've got ideas, you're kind of all that. She became so fast talking and interrupting of me to where Uh I did not finish a sentence the whole rest of the dialogue we had. It was kind of a, where we were thinking about, she's like, oh, yeah, 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 you could do this, this, and this. And it's like, no, actually, I was going to say something else. But, you know, and it got to the point where after a while, I kind of got a little worn out. And I just said, you know what, that's, that's fine, whatever. Just take care of this for us or do this, and I appreciate it. And sure enough, there were things wrong with the order because it was one of those things where I think she heard what she heard and she heard what she was saying. But she didn't hear everything I was trying to tell her because she kept cutting me off. And uh, it was, it's frustrating because I loved her enthusiasm. I loved her excitement, you know, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. I think customers really responded that well, but you got to understand you're still dealing with a customer who has things to say, things to express, and you've got to pace yourself, not overwhelm them, not just pour on that enthusiasm to the point where you really can't hear them or listen to them anymore. And again, she missed some important details because she was getting way ahead of herself so excitable, so enthusiastic, which are great, but they do have to be kept in some level of check and realizing that not every customer you work with is going to like the over the top enthusiasm yeah. all the time either. So there's going to be a balance there as well, but I definitely felt rushed. I felt like I had to quickly get my words in to get to have them be heard. And that it's a shame because she is such a good person and good employee, I'm sure. Uh, and so excited about what she does. Um, it's just a shame that it affected me negatively like it did. So it's a good reminder to all you really energetic, excitable people out there that you still have to keep that in check sometimes. Yeah, that's real interesting because uh, it's the type of person it sounds like that could use some coaching, some mm-hmm. good management advice and guidance and that sort of thing. They have the right attitude. They just need to learn how to channel it, when to rein it in and how to make sure they get a few things down, like the patients, like confirming you understand the customer's needs before you jump to a solution. I mean, it, it sounds like it's a person with a lot of potential. It's just got to be, uh, you know, just like anybody, uh, it, it, there has to be a little bit of wisdom applied to it from others who really know how do you use that uh, strength and not let it become a weakness for you in interactions with customers. And, you know, the thing is, if I was given a chance with an employee to err in favor of having them be excited and passionate and energetic towards it. And knowing I just had to polish up these little rough edges. Mm-hmm. That's a much better situation than the other way around. It's, oh, it's hard to teach yes. enthusiasm to an employee. Yes. It's much easier to teach them how to s- slow down a little bit, let clients finish their sentences and thoughts. I mean, that's a much more trainable, teachable thing. So yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. It's interesting. I have one person I'm working with. He's a, uh, young but very professional person. He and he's so conscientious about wanting to do a good job, 
And at the end of meetings, he will ask for feedback. But instead of asking for feedback, which I strongly encourage, asking for feedback, saying, uh, please let me know how things went today. You know, if you have any suggestions on how this could be a little bit better next time, you know, happy to hear it. So happy to have you here. What he says instead is, you know, tell me what you're feeling right now about how things went. Uh, did anything really frustrate you? Did anything really tick you off about today? You know, is there anything that you, made you think this was just a waste of time? So it's kind of like it's great that he wants feedback, but the way he's asking the questions is he's planting these seeds of negativity <laughs> in the minds True. of the folks in the room. Yeah. So they could have had a great meeting, but the way he ends it asking for feedback, he's trying to get them to think of every little negative thought they can think of. Hmm. Uh, and, and that's what he's wanting for feedback. So it's just interesting if somebody with a lot of talent – uh, very professional, wants the feedback, but just like with your example of somebody with enthusiasm, you have to make sure that they learn how to get the feedback, but do it in such a way that it's not going to, for whatever reason, end up putting people's minds down a negative path unnecessarily. Uh, that's a that's a really good point. I've actually, I think I know a couple of people that have a very similar trait like that as well. So uh, it's great to have the enthusiasm. We just gotta we just gotta keep it in check and make sure it doesn't taint the the experience overall. So. Great. Well, what, what's your story? Well, this is a business-oriented story. One of my websites was having an issue. It's mm-hmm. a WordPress site, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden, I couldn't log on to the to the site. Oh, right. Um, so I called up their tech service. I explained the situation. Uh, they immediately and enthusiastically said, I can help you with that. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Good. Uh, because it's frustrating not to be able to go in and, and log in and be able to edit your website. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a couple minutes of them asking me questions and, and that sort of thing, I realized that all they were doing was talking about different functions that were on an online control panel for the website that I was already very familiar with. So I tried to explain to them, oh, I'm already familiar with this control panel. You know, I, I understand what it's doing, but I, I want to figure out how to get to the login screen. I can't sure. get to the login screen for WordPress. Oh, and, and at that point, they said, well, you just have to reinstall WordPress. You'll have to go find uh, a particular um, FTP program. We don't recommend any, but just go find a classic FTP program and upload WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we don't back up any of your files, so if it doesn't work, uh, then you know it, it, it's sorry. just not going to work. <laughs> What's that? It's just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So in the end, they couldn't help. Hmm. So what bothered me the most out of the whole conversation was I explained exactly what I needed up front. And when you get an employee saying, oh, I can definitely help you with that, the employee is setting an expectation. And they obviously heard the word WordPress, know that they have some kind of a function that they do to address WordPress issues without really hearing specifically what my issue is. And as soon as they said, I can definitely help you with that, my hopes got up. And then immediately... Uh, I realized, well, not immediately, after about two or three minutes, I started to realize that my hopes were coming down and they were not going to be met. So this is just an example of um, make sure you're truly listening and identifying the uh, underlying cause for the call, the underlying cause for the for the particular issue before you enthusiastically say, yes, you can definitely help the customer with that, because if you can't help the customer and you've promised you could, you have just created a bigger issue than they came to you with. That's a very good point. And another one of those little tactical things are just in our scripting to make sure we do. Um, yes. Another thing I would point out to Ed is it sounded like they had their 
pre-scripted checklist of if somebody says this word, these are the solutions you point them to. And it's not, unfortunately, with inexpensive customer service on some of these websites, that just seems to be the, the routine method these days. Unfortunately, they go right to those keywords and right to that scripted answers, which are most of the time not a real good fit for what our needs are. Yes. So it's frustrating. It really is. But I hate that you got your, your hopes raised up so high. And then yes. just because they felt like, well, this, sells, this solves 90% of the calls I get, I'm sure it'll solve this one too. And yeah. uh, very disappointing. Uh, online technical support is a whole – I mean, we've had shows about it and talked about yeah. online support. It's a, it's a whole different animal, that's for sure. Yeah, right. yeah. So – Oh, Ed, thanks so much for the time today. We talked about sure. the word rudeness, and we talked about some tactics to hell to make sure you're not being perceived as being rude. And then we also had our stories of the month, which are always uh, fun to have. Unfortunately, we didn't have any positive stories, but hopefully they were some good messages and lessons you could get from those of things to make sure in your everyday life that you don't run into as well. Uh, this has been Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. As a reminder, check out our website at TheMesh.TV to see all the shows, including Stepping Up Service. Go back and listen to old episodes. Drop us a line from the contact form on the pay on the site. And uh, by all means, go to iTunes and subscribe to the show if you like what you heard. And that way you'll ensure that you always get the latest episode whenever it's ready to come out. So Ed Gagnon can be found at Customer Service Solutions, his business, uh, cssamerica.com for your customer service training, culture, process improvement needs. Uh, great organization located uh, in North Carolina, but working with com- uh, companies all around the world. And then I'm with The Jackson Group. Uh, You can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. That's T-H-E, Jackson Group, all one word, dot com. Uh, To find out about our survey services, work we do with employee and customer satisfaction surveys. Ed, I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks. You too, Alan. All right. Take care. We'll talk to everybody next time. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.